God is good, amen? Amen. amen. And uh, I want you to turn to chapter, no, yeah, chapter, Psalm 17. Chapter 17. Of, yeah, of Psalm 17. We've been going through, um, just walking through the Psalms. Do you know what's really been horrible the last few days looking at uh, Facebook? It's like everyone that's away on holidays and they're putting their blue sky pictures up and they're, they're lovely. It's just not right, is it? We're all here, we can say it. it's just not right, isn't it? It's, n- it's not right. I keep saying to myself, yeah, but are they happy there now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The answer is yeah, but are you really happy like with that lovely sunshine and pool and, and food and, and family and, and sea and are you really happy? Yeah. Bless them Lord. So Psalm seventeen is a is a big psalm and we've been walking through the Psalms and and um I've, I've been delighted to walk through the Psalms. We're staying in Zinc, this is why we're on seventeen and uh, and then starting next week um we will have we've told the preachers just this Pick whatever psalm the Lord lays on the heart. And the reason is, so we'll get a flavor for the rest of the psalms. You remember, these psalms are, have been heavy, haven't they? They're like, you know what I mean? They've been about lamenting and about evil doing and about, you know, like, and in it all, David, who's written like 70% of the psalms, you see him always turning to God, no matter what was going on. But you see him being honest. You know, uh, that's probably been one of my, my key words with people over the last couple of years is, just be honest with God and with yourself. Just be honest with yourself. You know, this is how it is. And then you can go and be honest with God. And then, um, because God is not afraid of our honesty. He's not afraid. That's what David has shown us in the Psalms. That if all the other parts of the scriptures is how God speaks to us. Well, the Psalms are showing us how we relate to God. That this is who God is. And this is what you can do before God. And Psalm 17 is a big psalm. So I just want to pick out one, um, well, two verses. So David is praying to the Lord. He's praying about protection. You'll see, he says, God, you tested me. You tested me in the night time. You've tested me. And then he's praying all these prayers. And he comes down to this part and he goes, Lord, show me the wonders of your great love. You who save by your right hand, those who might take refuge, who take refuge in you from their foes. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Just in that first verse, like, show me your great love. God is consistently, constantly wants to show you and I that He has great love towards us. Amen? And, 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 and before we, we get off anywhere, that let me just say that God's love, He knows what He's doing. His love is unconditional towards an imperfect people. So let's, let's, let's settle that one. You don't have to be. He knew we were never going to be perfect to receive his, word, his, his love. But his love is unconditional towards those who are imperfect. So we can get over any condemnation or any things that we think I might have done or could have done or maybe I could be better today. Maybe I could pray more, fast more, read more, go more, give more, do more. You can push all that out of the way and say, no, God knows I'm imperfect. And he loves me just the way I am and he loves me enough not to leave me just the way I am. Are you with me? He loves me in all my brokenness, sin, failures, um, quirks, imperfections. He loves me exactly like that. But what he wants to do is change me. Because love changes everything. 
Love changes everything. It changes how we do things, see things. It changes how we, we give things. Love changes. And, 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 and listen to what he says. Keep me as the apple of your eye. So like that is a, that is a, a beautiful word, isn't it? Like if it's ever been said to us, and sometimes words are not being said to us, which makes them, me wish, God, I wish it was saying, has anyone ever said to you, you know what? Or you said about your child or someone said over you, it's like, he's the apple of my eye. He's, he's the one or she's the one that I cherish. And, like, and if you look at the construct of our eye, that like God like surrounds it all with, with bone to protect the eye. That God protects the ones that he loves. The eye is probably the most protected organ that we have. Like we have like the pupil, which the Hebrews called the daughter of the eye. The precious thing of the eye, the pupil. It's surrounded by layers and layers of skin and, and, and that, that protects it. And then we have the, the, the garments that he's put on it, the, the, the eyelids that, um, that, that like can close like quicker than anything can get in. Do you ever notice that like you can be blasted with someone, the eye is so quick to close that like because it's protecting the most precious thing. And then the gates, the eyelashes. That protects her from little bits of dust and catches on to things. Why? Because it's most precious. And David says, God, keep me as the apple of your eye. Keep me protected. Keep me covered. Keep me from the little things that will try to get in to distort my vision of your great love and who you are for me, to me and in me. That God will do anything to show us his great love. He has done out everything that is needed to show us his great love. What we need to do is be the ones who sit and receive his great love. We can know about his great love, sing about his great love, read about his great love, but God wants you and I to receive and experience his great love. Isn't that a great invitation this morning? Christianity or God is not just someone to be believed in. God is someone to be experienced he wants us to experience him that, that if we're just left with, I've no notes, so I am. I better I'll just getting rid of this. So you can see how tall I really am. So um, he wants us to have it. He's not holding back. He's not a father who's like, I have all this, all this at the table and you're going to sit on the outside just looking at the good stuff on the table but there's a barrier between you getting in. He doesn't do that. The Bible says that Jesus broke down every barrier, every code, everything that was against you not to enter in. Jesus has broken every single one of them. In fact, the Bible says that he's nailed all the regulations that were keeping us out, all the codes that was keeping us out. He says he's nailed that to the cross with Jesus Christ. So there's no barrier. The only ones that are on the outside, those who are, are duped into saying... I'm no good, I'm not good enough, which is true, none of us are good enough, that's why Jesus came, the one that's only good, so that we could have access in to receive the love of God. And he wants to give it to us, he goes to great lengths to give you and I his love. To show his love, to experience his love, because love lifts us up. Do you think the Beatles were, were just singing a song, all you need is love? Because it was a good pop song. Can you hear the voice of God behind the voice of Beatles? You need love. Would this world be a better place if we had love? Exactly. Would, this, would our families be better places and families if we had the love of God streaming into our families? 
Of course. So he wants the love of his love to be in our hearts. He wants us to experience us being the, the apple of his eye. He wants us to know that stuff. And he goes to great lengths to make us and enable us to experience that love. I was thinking about David, who wrote the psalm. Because Israel is the apple of God's eye. And the church is the apple of God's eye. And you can see it reflecting from Israel into the church, which we'll bring us into in a minute. That Jesus, that here's David, a Philistine comes out. And a Philistine, the giant, you know, a Goliath comes out. And, and he, if, 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 if the Israelites lost, that the apple of God's eye was going to be, Israel was going to be taken into captivity, probably for three or four generations. And God, in his majesty and beauty, was raising up a little boy called David in a field who was making his way through his family line who was making his way working on his family's farm with the sheep and God was raising him up that one day when someone was going to touch the apple of God's eye that God had already decreed that this young boy would be raised up to take down the giants what giants do you think is going to stand when God's love interrupts in their lives what giants have stayed up? What sins have stayed up in our lives when, we come, when, we, when, when God's love came in? They fell. Some of us have got their heads cleaned off them joints. So the joint never gets back up again. Because love is protective. Love is powerful. Love will go to great lengths to make sure the apple of, the, of, of his eye is protected. He'll move things, move people, turn enemies into friends just because you are the apple of his eye. And we see this in the scriptures. Luke chapter 2. A man called Caesar Augustus made a decree that all the peoples in the known world, because Rome, he was a Roman um, emperor, and he could, he could make a decree, and everyone in the known world, which the Bible says everyone in the world, so, so, so they ruled the majority of the known world at that stage. And everyone had to go to their perspective. So it would be like if we were all living in Kerry, we'd have to come to Dublin to sign the register to say that, like a census. And here's what happened. When this man made a decree, this man, like, people moved, families moved, money moved, armies moved, the rich moved, the, the poor moved to, to, to go to sign up in their respective cities so they could be on the census. Who was involved in all of this? Jesus. So Mary and Joseph had to come back to Nazareth. Do you remember? Like highly pregnant. She had to get on a donkey. Any, 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 any ladies want to tell us how comfortable that would be? Like just about to give birth to a baby. And the husband says, honey, we're going on a road trip. Get your seatbelt on. That donkey is not the best. <laughs> Can you imagine how uncomfortable it was? For Mary to have to get on that donkey to go up in a, in, in, into Nazareth, into the place where, into Bethlehem, sorry, where Jesus was going to be born. And they get there and all of the inns and all of the places where she could have the baby in comfort was full up. So they get there and a, and a man who owns the manger ends up being the one that provides the birthplace for Jesus. Can you see in that little story, Jesus is born, and the shepherds come and the angels sing, the three wise men arrive. 
Can you see in that little instance how much was moved? How much was, was ordered by God to make the birth of Jesus happen in the world at the exact time when God wanted a son? He moved a Roman army. He, ruled, he moved the king of, of the known world to make a decree. He moved Joseph to get Mary. He moved the donkey. He moved, he moved families. He moved money. He moved everything to get love to us. Because this is what the outcome was. That God is, Why? Because we're the apple of his eye. That Jesus would come. John, Jesus said himself when he's preaching, he says, For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That he so loved the world. And then Jesus was raised up to show what love looks like. That's what he did. He says, oh God loved the world. Now I'm going to show you what love looks like. And Jesus walks through. You can pick any story. Any story you want. Any description in the Bible. What does love look like? Jesus says, love love looks like this. Love your enemies. That's some love. Love those who persecute you. That's some love. Love those who treat you badly. That's some love. For God so loved the world that he gave. There was a leper. Nobody would go near lepers. Nobody would look at lepers. The lepers of Jesus' day had to go around with a bell. They had to ring the bell. They had to say, stay so many meters from people saying, I'm unclean. And what we don't see when we just preach about these people is, this this was somebody's son. This was probably somebody's father. Somebody's husband. Now when when they got leprosy, they were put out. Ostracized, outcasts. Nobody wants them. Nobody wants you near them because you don't want to catch leprosy. Love walks right into leprosy. Love walks right into those who nobody wants. For God so loved the world, he goes to any lens to get into your mess. Any lens to get into our leprosy, our diseases. He'll walk right in. And he's still doing it. The woman that, was, that was, had the issue of blood. She spent everything, all of her money. She reaches in and touches the hem of Jesus' garment. Love heals. Love releases things from heaven to earth. Why? Because you're the apple of God's eye. Do you need healing this morning? You reach out to God's love. For God loved me, does love me, will love me, wants to put his love into me. The loaves and fishes. Love feeds. Love provides. Love can make miracles happen out of a few loaves and fishes to feed the multitudes. Happens every Christmas with us. With the hampers. We have no money. Every year, nothing at the beginning of December. But God loves this city. And over a few loaves and fishes, every Christmas at least, we're able to say here, why would you do this because God loves us. In fact, many years ago when Patrice was 34, is she? Patrice? 35, my daughter? My eldest girl. 
34 of last week. We used to go down at the beginning of all of this, 20-something years ago. And we go, she was five or something. I put it on the back of my bike, on the front of my bike. Cycle down to South Circular Road because a baker said, a baker said, no, you can have all the food at the end of the day that doesn't sell. We used to cycle down the evening, me and Patrice. We'd pack up all the bread into bags. He used to leave the bag for me. We'd go back to the flats. We'd put them into brown bags. And, uh, and you know, you think 1989, did people need stuff? They did. And we'd knock at the doors, who people that we knew. I used to say, Lord, why didn't you give me a banker? And at the end of the day, he'd leave a bag of money for me. <laughs> this guy just left the other dough. Anyway, I remember, I'll never forget it. I was on the other side of the block. The youth probably won't know his name. But Miss Collins, neighbour, an old neighbour, showed over. Noel, you're like Jesus going around with the bread and the fish. I'm like Miss Collins, I wouldn't, like to, I wouldn't want to be like anyone else. He feeds because he loves. He loves you. And you think he's holding back, but he's not holding back. He moves everything. He wants to show us what love is. He wants to show us what love does. He wants to show us the lengths he will go to get his love to you. One person. Jesus leaves, leaves the multitude on one side of a lake. He's preaching to them. He's telling them about the kingdom. He's telling them how beautiful God sees them as. He's telling them the Father... The Father speaks to him to go over the other side of the lake. How do we know the Father speaks to him? The Bible doesn't say, but how do we know? We know because Jesus says he doesn't do anything unless the Father tells him. So love whispered into love's ear. Jesus, there's somebody that needs you. He says to the disciples, we're going over the other side. A storm brews up. Because there's always a storm that will come against you when you're going with Jesus. Let's face it. Let's be real. It's not an easy walk, is it? It's not for wimps. I tell you, I know, I know some tough blokes and some tough, forgive the word, boards. I know, I know some tough people. But I'm telling you, to follow Jesus, you have to be a real person. A real man or a real woman. You're tough as nails in one sense and you're soft as jelly in another sense. That's like hell comes against us. That's the reality. <laughs> Some people have people against them. Hell comes against you. Hell hates you. Hell wants your demise. And Jesus says you're going somewhere and, and, and you're on your way and, and, and you, everything is great and a storm brews up. Oh, I didn't know this was part of the walk. <laughs> Back to shore. <laughs> Do you ever wonder why when you're making so much headway and you're walking with God and you're doing things with God and you fall away or you're tempted or the fire is going out? Do you think that just happens? Do you think you don't have an enemy? They're going over. They get over to the other side. One man. One man over the other side. One person over the other side of the lake. Full of demons, the Bible says. Hidden in tombs. In the night time, he'd come out, like, just roaring up. Ah! Heaven hears and is able to interpret sounds that might sound, ah, to us. 
But heaven can interpret the cries of the heart that goes to God in that cry of saying, is there anybody that can set me free? Is there anyone that can love me? Is there anyone that can get me out of this situation? And he's not worthy. He's not saying it in words. He's just saying it in screams and moans and groans. Is there anybody? And God the Father hears him. He hears your cry. He hears what you're crying about. He hears what's important to you. And then the Father whispers to Jesus on the other side of the lake to somebody that needs a son. He leaves the multitudes and crosses a lake and silences a storm on the way because that's what love does. And he steps on the other side and he says the man came running down and the demon spoke to him through him. What do you want with us, son of God? I don't know about you, but I just like Jesus steps onto the shore. There's a reverb of power and glory and love that goes through the region because the king of glory just stepped down and it disturbs either the demons in the man which it looks like because that's who spoke when he came down to Jesus because love steps into messes love steps into where hell is dominant love steps into things to destroy the kingdom of darkness and the man comes down and love touches his life and it says that the man was sitting fully clothed because he was running around naked there's always the practical ones in the boat, isn't there? You can imagine. You know, we're going over the other side. Someone bring a set of clothes. We might need them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then Peter's like, yeah, I packed a bit of that loaves and fishes there. That was there. I'm going to the day. There's always somebody. I'm like, where did he get the clothes from? Fully clothed. And in his right mind. Because love wants to minister to those who are struggling in their mind. Love is the liberator. Love can take a tormented person and sit them down in their right mind. Love can. Love does. Love will. Love is able. And the man says to Jesus, after all that, he wanted to go with Jesus. And Jesus says, no, I'm sending you back to the Decapolis. What was the Decapolis? It was ten Greek cities. He said, I'm sending you back to show love to those. Because you've been shown love to Look at the length, look at the, the, the length that love goes to to get to one person. You think you're insignificant to God. You think God doesn't see you, he's too busy with the church. He's too busy with... with, with. He's not. He sees you and he hears you. And he has the answer for you. Did you hear the songs? Do you hear what Phil said? God spoke twice. Now this is the third time. He loves you. He wants you. Whether you're 20 years or 30 years a Christian, doesn't matter. Love is for all ages. Love is the answer to what the world needs. Love will set up things to get things to you, no matter how long it takes. I was down in uh, Cork this week, uh, myself, Phil, and Stephen Taddy, and who else was in Cork? Who? All the youth were in Cork, and uh, we were staying with the youth. I'll tell you what about youth. They're robots. I've come to, they just, they just eat. 
and stay awake. It's like, man, anyone remember those days? I don't remember those days. Anyway, in the, in the, in the, I'm just ignoring that front row now, you get that? I'm just, um, you, you just don't exist to me right now. Uh, so back in, um, so God will go any lens, move anything, shape things to get his word and his love to you. So we were staying in Cove, which was 30 minutes, about 30 minutes away from the campsite where the, where the summer fire was on. And um, back in January, I was doing this course down in, in Bray um, called Prophetic Activation. And those who have done it here will know what I'm talking about. So what it really is, to give you a quick insight, was we were training our ears to hear God and our eyes to see God and our minds to be able to perceive God. Because the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, that when the Holy Spirit comes, which he has come, he will be poured out on all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy. So to be able to hear God, prophecy is to hear, hear God, see God and speak God. So to, to hear God, see God and speak God, what's the requirements? Is to be a son or daughter. So it's not for, it's not for some bodies and, for, and then not for some other bodies. It's for all the sons and daughters. So if you're not hearing from God, you have to press into God and go that you have a divine right as a child of God to be able to hear your father. And, uh, and if you're not, we need to pray for that. So Father, we just open ears right now in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, we reject everything that says that we cannot hear from you because it's not true. And we just say, ears open, eyes open, mind, you are able to perceive the very thoughts of God towards you in Jesus' name. Thoughts that are prosperous, thoughts that bring you hope in the future. We receive them. Just receive that prayer. Say, Lord, I want to hear you. I want to see you. I want to know you. I've been deliberately saying over the last couple of weeks, deliberately intentionally saying all the things that I, I was hearing from God and when I, as my prayer time has grown. And I've been saying, and God spoke to me, and God showed me. And I've been saying that intentionally. Because I wanted someone to say, you seem to be always hearing from God. Well, I have a relationship with my wife, and I always hear from Sharon. Don't I? So why should my relationship with God be any different? That every time you go to God, I'm telling you, go to your room, sit with him. He will turn up, he told me. And every time you go there, you won't come away with nothing. I can guarantee you, open your word, the Holy Spirit will quicken the word. I've been intentionally saying that, because that's relationship. So anyway, we're teaching the people in the group in Cork how to hear God and see God and perceive God and... And so we've done it a few weeks where we're all doing it with each other. So, so it, it was really cool because the first place we started was, was the Word of God. I read out Psalm 23. And I says the people get into groups, into twos. And um, in fact, we could finish this morning with that. So um, like the one morning, look, it's still only 12 o'clock. And uh, so anyway, we've done Psalm 23. And we set beside each other and we asked the Holy Spirit to quicken one of the sentences or one of the verses to the person, for the person beside you. So it was a great place to start. So the Lord would say, so, so say the Lord quickened to Eddie. Yeah, that bit about the Lord is your shepherd, Jen, really stood out to me. I feel God wants to say that he's your shepherd, that he'll lead you, he'll guide you, he'll show you the way, he'll protect you. He knows how to get you to your destination. Boom. Encouragement, building up, strengthening, edifying. You with me? So, um, so the word of God is, and then there was there was other ones where we where we um, 
Zephaniah chapter 3 says that God rejoices over us with singing. Who would like to hear God's song over their life? Come on, put up your hand. You have to interact with me because I don't, you know I me. Mean? Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, you know, uh, who would like to hear God's, you know, like, I, I want to hear what God is singing over me today. I think God, is, God knows every song, every, everything that's ever been written in every genre, in every style, in every century. He knows all the music. He's the all-knowing God. He knows. A, he has that jukebox that he knows everything, every song. And we've we, we done it in them over these things. And just to hear God say, does anyone remember, anyone up in Clondalkin when we done the songs? Put up your hand. Come on, interact with me, guys. I don't know who was alive and who was not. Yeah, that's it. And uh, do you remember? And this is what happened up in Clondalkin. So we says, well, let's pray. Holy Spirit, will you show Anna what song the Father is singing over Louise? So, so, they, they, so we waited on God. Waited a few minutes. And um, God will be giving you stuff now. So don't think that's just a song that's out to come with your mind. Hold on to that for a few minutes. And then... Um, so the first one in Clondalkin, there was 25 of us up in Clondalkin in the group. I was leading that night. And uh, so the first two people here, I says, I don't want to know all the reasons why the song, because we would have been there all night. But I says, what's the song? Because I love music. And the first person said, well, it wasn't Anna and Louise, but just say it was. Anna says, um, well, I got for Louise. You know that song? You are the sunshine of my life. And the whole 24 of us joined in. Cause you, I don't know, always be around. You are the apple of my eye. And all of us joined in. And it was like, wow. And I said, what did you get for, for, um, for Anna? And, uh, say she got like, um, I think of another song. <laughs> so, say, say she got another song that was, um, Say we got another song. When I tell you, next week, this row goes to the back row, and those good people come up here for them. So what am I saying? It was so 24 times, 24 different people heard God for the other person, and the other person knew. The other person knew God knows how to get his word to you. He knows where to get it to you and, and what way you will be able to receive it from him. Like some people would, would, would have said at that time, says, you know what, see that song, my father used to sing that to me when I was a baby. And here's God taking things that were 20, 30 years old and bringing them to somebody. Well, there's the song. I was out in the church doing this in them. Blanchestown, and one girl got a song, it was, um, you know that, raindrops keep falling on my head, you know, and uh, she goes, does that make any sense, and the girl says, no, and um, so I was just listening in, she says, no, it doesn't make any so I said to myself, I wonder what the words are of that song, so I got on to Google and looked at the words, it came back, and it says this, I says, does this make sense to you, this part of the song, that um, something like, when gloom comes to meet me, love will come to greet me, the girl was struggling with depression. So now God was singing over her. To see that gloom that comes to meet you. I'm going to send my joy, my hope into meet your life. The girl was in bits because God knows. God knows how to get his word to you. And so, so out in Bray, we done this, we done this thing and we were doing it amongst each other. And then one of the activations is, now you've heard God for each other. Now this week's exercise is that you're gonna, we're gonna worship God and he's gonna give you something for somebody that's out there. That's not in church. It might be the busman on the way home. It might be the school teacher in school tomorrow. Whatever. Because God doesn't only speak to us. God is absolutely 100% committed to this world. 
And if you want to know where Jesus is moving, I'm telling you, it's not in the churches out there. And we just have to find out where he's moving and walk with him. That's all, that's what we have to do. So anyway, we get some stuff. I got a couple of stuff. And what you do is you write it down. You date it. Because if you put it in, it's locked in. It's always there. And I got one. And uh, one of the ones I got was, I seen a fox, right? And the fox was at a certain angle. And the only way I could, I, the only thing that could come to my mind was, that. does anyone know the drink, cider drink, Orchard Thieves? Put up your hand if you do. Bless them, Lord, all them. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> you know, you know, and uh, this means getting better on Oli, come on. Um, so anyway, I just saw the hat, and I knew it was off, off, off the box of, you know, the advert for it. And I was like, so I wrote it down, and I was like, and here's the word the Lord gave me. It was the 13th of February, I'll tell you how I know the exact date. It was the 13th of February, and it was like, and this is all I have to say to the person. Go up to the man, because I knew it was going to be a man. Go up to the man and say that God sees your loneliness. I wrote it down. This is now June. Right? I, I, there's times like I've been up in Tesco's or I've been up by a living body firm the people coming out with the off license and you'd have a box in the hand and I'm like, oh, that might be my person with a box of orchard, or what's it called? Orchard Thieves? That was orchard Thieves. And I'm telling you, like, I've seen about six different people over the months coming out of off license or Tesco's with, but none of them, it was boxes of other stuff but it wasn't that. And because it, it was always there in my mind. So I'm in Cove this week Remember, we're staying 30 minutes outside. Like the ideal place would have been we were all inside instead of having to travel. So we, I wasn't even supposed to go. I, 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 I went because of the filling need. And um, that's why I went. And um, so anyway, in, in the morning time, I wanted to continue my prayer time that I've been committed to over these last months. And so I got up early and went on a walk along this, the, the lovely cove. My goodness, cove is beautiful. And I'm walking along and um, I go on a long walk and then I come back. And on the way back, there's a truck at a pub, and, and, on the, and I look, and uh, he's, you know, the guy's putting the barrels into the, into the, into the pub, to get ready for business, and on the side of the truck was the fox, from the 13th of the 2nd, 2019, and I'm like, gosh, there's the fox, Lord, so it goes on my phone, I'm scrolling back to where, like, that's how I know the date, all the way back to there, and I said, what did the Lord say? Tell the person that God sees the loneliness. So then I step outside the gate to look over, see what the person was like that was in, you know, see was he a small guy just in case he tackled me, I might be able to outrun him or something. And then, um, so anyway, he was the biggest, burliest bloke you could ever imagine. I say in his mid-fifties, you know, man walking all his life like knuckles about this length and hands that thick and I'm like, oh Lord, he's real burly. You know what the Holy Spirit says to me when I said that? Burly men get lonely too, no. And when God speaks to you, you're always fired, no matter which way. Even a rebuke is good from God. And I went over and I had my phone in my hand. You know, how are you going to engage? I said, excuse me, mister, are you Irish? I need to know we spoke the same language. He says, yeah. And I says, look at that. Isn't this the weirdest thing? Like, I'm talking about, what was it, half, seven o'clock or something in the morning. I said, that's the weirdest thing. Uh, I says, look at that date on that. And I says, and look what it says, the orchard thieves. Look at, about the fox. Look at that. I says, I want to tell you, I'm a praying man and I believe God gives me things for people. And I says, I cannot deny that this all lines up with what I got. I said, look at the date, the 13th, the 2nd, 2019. I said, look at the thing about the fox, Archer Thieves. And he's looking at her like, I said, I want to tell you, God sees your loneliness. He just started laughing. Like, not at me. Like, but like, <laughs> like, I says, God has your number, buddy. And I just walked away. Look what God done. 
to make all that happen for one man. Because love will go to great lengths to get what you need in your life. He lined it up. He took every circumstance and he, he, he made the date, the timing, the, 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 the venue, the, the getting up, to go out, to him to be there, standing at the truck at the exact time. Who knows his story? Maybe you're supposed to come in another truck. Maybe you're supposed to go to another destination. And God lines it all up so that love can be, he can encounter the love of God. How much more you, a child of God. What do you need from God this morning? Do you need love to jumpstart your heart? Because it does. Do you need love to go, come on, I have something more for you. I have a destiny for you. I have a future for you. And you've lacked off a bit or you've allowed this world to encroach on your life and on your heart. You've allowed sin to come in. You've allowed other mindedness to come in. And God is just today saying, look, I want you today to know I love you. I know you're imperfect. Come on and receive my love. The best way that I can explain it, I was in prayer. And I had a picture of Jesus, the hem of Jesus' garment, that's all, and his feet. His sandals. Do you know Jesus has beautiful feet? I said, I was praying, I was going, Rob, I see the feet of Jesus and they're beautiful. You know what the Bible says? How beautiful are the feet of those who brings good news. There's something that gets beautified even in their own feet. Right? And Jesus is walking. And, he, and this is all he said. I didn't see any of them other than, he says, come on and follow me now. I'm still walking into broken lives. I'm still walking into cities. I'm still walking into loneliness. I'm still wa- wa- walking into failures. I'm still walking into religious people's lives. I'm still, will you walk with me? You know what the beauty of it is? For me, anyway. That we don't have to have a five-year plan. We just have to look where the master is walking. And we walk with him. He'll show us how to get there. I thought I was going on a prayer walk down Cove, but I followed the master's footsteps and somehow I landed at, at a, the, the, the truck with the, with the fox on it. You don't know the adventures that God will bring you on if you just walk with him. He'll bring you into messy places. He will. He'll bring you into places where hell thinks it's ruling. Because when we realize the only imposter in this world is actually the devil, And when we realize that in circumstances and situations, that love will strengthen you. Love will protect you. Love will lead you into those places. And you're able to say to the the antithesis, big word, of love, the the one who is anti-love, you're able to say, out of here in the name of Jesus. You're able, yes, he will bring you in. Yes, he will bring you into situations where you're going to wash free. I'm telling you, you're going to have the stories of God to tell you're going to have the stories of Jesus to tell. You're going to have, you're going to have the adventures of God to speak and go, you know what, well, I just went down the shop. I thought I was just going to the shop. But because I'm committed to following the feet of Jesus, he leads me. He guides me. He brings me into situations. Why? To reflect his love to a world that needs love. To a world that needs love. And how can we give if we haven't got? 
That's why God is not holding back. How can we give love if we haven't actually allowed ourselves to be filled up with love? How is your love tank? Is it full? Is it half empty? Is it nearly empty? Romans 5.5 says this. The hope will not disappoint you that God pours out his love into your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit whom he gives to you. And the word pour means this. It's like it's a, like a waterfall pour. It's not like a not like out of a jar and it empties. It's out of like a water, an incessant. The word is in like an incessant flow, a constant, non-stop flow that comes. And what do we have to do? Is stand and just get under that fountain, get under that waterfall, and go. God, I'm thirsty. I need your love. I need strength. I need healing. I need to know afresh the blends that you will go to for me. Jesus hangs on the cross saying, I love you. He rose from the dead and saying, I love you. He, he ascended into heaven. I love you. He sends the Holy Spirit to remind us that love constantly lives in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. That everything we do is love. Everything we touch is love. Because love changes everything. Love is the game changer. Love, not, not, not human love, but God's love. There's ministries that need to be birthed today out of the love of God. People say, well, what keeps you going? You just are who you are, aren't you? But people do say that. Where did you get the energy? That's what people say. Love gives you all that. What makes you get up and, uh, like we're 30 years Three decades in this one community. What can keep you in one place for 30 years? Love. What can cause you to overcome obstacles? Love. What can cause you to to bless other people that don't even like you? Love. What can cause you to repent before God? Love. I was talking to a friend the other day who, um, who, who failed horribly in ministry. And his accountability people says, I don't think you've repented properly. We've watched you over the last year. We don't think you've repented properly. He says, why? He says, you're too happy. And I look at him and goes, you're supposed to be happy. What does repentance mean? It means to turn away from and to turn to God. I said, have you turned away from sin? He says, yeah. And have you turned to God? Yeah. And I said, well, that's why you're happy. Because love makes you happy. Isn't that right? Do you remember when you fell in love? Now you're in love. You would scale a mountain just for one kiss. Because love makes you happy. Do you remember when you first came to Jesus? That's three times. God wants to give us more love. Do, do you? Do you? Do we want it? And honestly, all He wants is a yes. Don't, don't let anything come into your mind right now, but I didn't do, or I, I'm of a fed again. You only have now. You don't even own the next 10 minutes. You only own now. You don't own tomorrow. You only own now. And even the now that you owned a moment ago, you don't own that anymore. It's gone. Adam, could I give you a song to play? You won't find out. I have to give you on this.
Father, we love you. We just plugged that in, Adam. I'll tell you when to play. Oh, it's a bit long, but we'll... Father, let's just tell him. Where would you like to bring love? To what people group would you like to bring love to? What people group has God asked you to bring love to? To show love. To express love. I read a a description of what they call um, expressive individualism, which is what we (coughs) see in their world today all over the place. Expressive individualism. It's the world's philosophy right now that's being pushed upon every person, including your children that are in first class or high babies. You decide who you are, what you are. That's expressive individualism. You decide your path in life. You decide what gender you want to be. You decide what sexual orientation you want to have. Why? Because you're an individual and and expressive. And it works out in all areas of, of, of life. And then it goes on to say that anything or any organization or any structure that interrupts with this or it has another opinion other than this needs to be reshaped, deconstructed or destroyed. And I was reading this and I tell you, I, I haven't seen anything, I haven't seen even more expressed than in what, what I shared with you. It's like six points long, but I just abbreviated it for you. <clears throat> and I think it's the same trick that the devil had in the garden against Adam and Eve. Exact same. Did God really say? So take down any structure, any moral code. Did God really say? You be who you want to be. You do what you want to do. And the only answer for this from the church is love. Because we're told to die to ourselves. We're told to serve one another, not you just serve me. We're called to live out of the design that God has made for my life. Who I am, what I am, what I have to do, where I live and where I go. The church is going to have to be a mirror to reflect the love of God to a world that just loves itself. That's all there is. It's like, I'm going to love myself and anyone that's opposed to that needs to be reshaped, deconstructed or destroyed. I, the word wants, you know, you wash my feet. The Bible says, yeah, you go and wash feet. The Bible says, I want to live out my pathway, my design, my way. The world is saying, God, send me, I'll go. I agree that you made me who I am. And I want to walk in that path. The only way we'll do that, if we have the heart of God's love. Because if not, I want to tell you, we will be conformed to that.
we will be conformed. And here's how it works out in the church. We don't get away from it. What can be done for me in church? What I come here is not what I give in worship. It's not what I give in encouragement. It's what I get. Impress me. Entertain me. How it encroaches. Where the Bible is like, no, pray for one another. <laughs> give unto one another. Give as you would want it to be given unto you. It's dying to all of that, but the Bible also says that when we die to all that, we get everything we need and more. And if we want to be useful in this world, we have to be filled with God's love because that's the only thing that will rock that world. Is unconditional love that we've received is what we show. That's the only thing. And anything else outside of love should be reshaped and should be deconstructed and should be even destroyed. But when it's love, it will build up, it will protect, it will hold no records of wrongs, everything that God's heart is towards us. Can we stand? I don't know how I've talked for this long. But you are the apple of God's eye. You are the one he wants to pour this love in. You are the answer to this world's problems. You are. You carry God. When you walk into the school, when you walk out this, the community gate, when you go down to the washing line, when you go down to the shops, you meet somebody, I want to tell you, God wants you to be their answer. Somebody's answer is a kind word. Someone's answer is like, you're not on your own today, love. Someone's answer is, your hair's lovely. And the answer is, is that they're noticed. Who knows what that man was praying in that van that morning? Who knows whether he was contemplating suicide? Who knows this stuff? We don't know, but God knows. And if we allow love to move us, we will do things that seems natural, but it will be filled with supernatural. And someday we get to hear the stories from their side. Someday we hear, you know, when I went home to my wife that day, I thought it was just another day delivering drink around the pubs. But God intervened. Honey, I was in work this morning. God told me I'm not on my own anymore. Who knows? God knows. I want to play a few minutes of this song. It's just, it's just listen to it as the Father is singing this over us, over us, yeah? And we play it for two or three minutes because it's probably 18 minutes long or something. And just receive right now.
heavy weights off of us love that fills emptiness in our stomachs the hollowness that you feel right now still out father to fill that with his love no gaps no spaces fill up lord that empty feeling the hollowness the hollowness that that hungering Lord, it's never been filled. All of my days I've tried to fill it, Lord. Will you fill it right now, Lord? Every space within me, every gap, Lord, the hollowness that I feel inside of me, the emptiness that aches, Lord. I receive your filling of your love that liberates me and fills me up, Lord. Satisfies me. Causes me to be at peace, Lord. Causes peace to rule and reign in my mind and my heart. That love, Lord. The love that liberates me. The love that lifts me up. The love that heals me. The love that sets me singing. The love that makes me happy. I receive it, Lord. The love that keeps me. The love that sustains me. The love that holds me in the darkest night. The love that soothes the ache and the grief. The love of God. Unconditional love to an imperfect vessel. Fill us up, Lord. We receive from you right now, Lord. Love that liberates the mind. You're forgiven. 
Hey, listen, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. Let that love liberate your mind. You're forgiven. You don't have to say sorry again. You don't have to ask for forgiveness again. You've done it. It's forgiven. It's washed. It's washed away. It's covered over. Never to be held against you. It's gone. You receive forgiveness. Receive the, the love. You receive the acceptance of God. Stop rejecting yourself. Put your hand on the shoulder of someone beside you. Just ask Father God, because he wants to use us. This is his plan. Say, Father, fill my brother or sister. Fill them. Fill them. Fill them. Fill them. No more barriers to the love of God. No guilt barriers. No condemnation barriers. No more. No more. Love of God, would you break in because you've asked him and he will do it. You say, Father, break in in your own heart. And while the other person's praying, say, Father, break in. Break out. Break open into my brother's heart, my sister's heart. Their loved ones, that you're proud of them, Lord. That they didn't run away when times got tough. They're here today, Lord. That, Lord, you didn't stay down when they could have stayed down, Lord. Lord, they're here today, Lord. Fill them. Pour out your love into our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit whom you've given to us. Lord, I thank you that your love doesn't just fill us up but overflows, Lord. Because you want us to give it away, Lord God. You want us to have some and to give some away, Lord. Fill us up, Lord. Let, that, let each person be a cup that overflows, Lord. Let them overflow right now, Lord. Let love make them laugh. Let love make them sing. Let love make them dance, Lord. Let love make them light, our Lord. Let love, Lord, make them, Lord God, give Give unto others, Lord. Embrace others. Let your love cause us to do things. Let your love compel us, O oh God. Lord, that we can't keep it in. I feel compelled to express this to a world that needs you, Lord God. To neighbors that need you. Colleagues that need you, Lord. Fear. Fear has to go when love fills us up. I will not be afraid to give Jesus away. I will not be afraid to give love away. I will not be afraid because love banishes all fear. Every space where there's fear, Lord. Every mindset, Lord. Every thing, thought pattern, Lord. Let love, Lord God, infuse with boldness and fearlessness and great courage, Lord. Lord, we pray, last prayer. We pray for every circumstance that we find ourselves in with family with situations in our own heart and we open up the gates and say love come on in just invite the king of love in let love liberate let love change hearts let love break chains let love lift away let love lift away the torment let love deal with your enemy let love deal with the devil come on in lord Hallelujah, Jesus. Can we just lift up a shout and a clap to the Lord? Just, just thank Him. Come on, church. Just thank Him. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. I pray over you today.
For real, this is not just some prayer. This is God's word. The Lord blesses you and keeps you. The Lord causes his face to shine upon you. And he smiles. And he lifts up his countenance upon you. So that you will reflect that into the world. And he grants you shalom. Health, wholeness, prosperity, fullness. In the name of Jesus our Lord.